With a country divided, the republic at risk, and morality being redefined, it's time to gather around the campfire, get back to basics, and spark the revival that this country so desperately needs. This is the American Campfire Revival with Kirk Cameron. If you're like me, uh, you're excited to talk, uh, excited to uh, hear more about this monument. I, I've been looking at this thing for 10 years, the real one in Massachusetts. Some of you have visited it. This is just my, my replica that I had the sculptors from Lord of the Rings uh, sculpt for me so that you could have this uh, right in front of you if you want to in your home, with your family, with your friends. Uh, and if you're able to go to Massachusetts, go see this. Again, it's 90 feet tall. It's, it's, uh, I, it's tons and tons of granite. Abraham Lincoln was one of the very first funders to the, to the building of this. It was going to be twice as tall as it, as it is, but it was cut short by the Civil War. And if you were to stand next to this, this 90 foot structure, you'd come up to right here. Uh, it's, it's very, very large. And we talked about how the core and the center of this recipe for a free and just society of our forefathers starts with this central figure of faith. And she's holding the book that she has faith in, and she's pointing to the God that she has faith in. It's the God of the Bible, and she has a biblical worldview. And her faith is manifested first through morality, who is seated right here. And she's holding the Ten Commandments and the Scroll of Revelation, representing the Old and New Testament. And morality begins with a transformation of the heart by the preaching of the gospel, which comes from the evangelist seated here, uh, right at her left. And once you have good morality, then you can begin to form your laws in the country. And here's the man of law who's seated on the judge's chair, holding the book of law. His hand is outstretched in mercy. He's holding on to the laws that are balanced by both justice on his right and mercy on his left. Once you have civility in your society, now you can begin to educate your children. And here is the third manifestation of this beautiful faith. And her name is education. And she's holding the books of knowledge. She's got a wreath of victory around her head, that laurel wreath. And if you look to her right, there's a youth. Uh, it says right there, youth. And she's training up her child in the way that he or she should go so that when they are old, and if you look there on her left side, it says wisdom. And wisdom is uh, the goal. And he's holding a globe and a Bible indicating that he has a biblical worldview. And so they believe that if you would train your children in a biblical faith with a, a true morality that reflects the, rea- the morality of heaven, the virtue of the heavens, and you put those laws into place to protect the good and punish the evil, to hold back wickedness, you can educate your children into the second and third generation. And with that generational strategy, that is your kids, your grandkids, your great grandkids, you wind up with wisdom and a biblical worldview. This is the, 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 the foundation and the cornerstone of what makes America work. And it leads to the blessings and the liberty that we'll talk about tomorrow evening. But as regard, with regard to education, I want to talk with you about the forefathers and foremothers understanding of education, what it is and what it isn't, and how that carried through to the founding, to the founders generation. I'm uh, again looking into the American covenant. Uh, I've got the old school version. Uh, here's the new one, if you haven't gotten it yet. And I'm going to read this to you from Dr. Marshall Foster. Check this out. He says, we win the battle 
for our culture general, generationally. You see, it's not just uh, one guy, one woman who wins the battle for the hearts and minds of our kids. It's something that all of us do over the course of 20 years, 40 years, 60 years, 80 years. We need to be together, not just for a hundred days. We need a hundred year plan if we really want to see the blessings that our forefathers and foremothers envisioned. In fact, what the seeds that they planted gave us those blessings, but we've no longer been watering those same seeds and we need to replant them. It's a, a generational discipling, especially of our children. We think of discipleship as something maybe we do at church, but it's primarily meant to be done at home. You have, your children are your disciples for 18 years. Can you imagine? If you had the chance to disciple some, some young people for 18 years, you do. It's your kids. And up until the 1900s, you know, we, we had about 2,000 years where the family was together every night. This is before Snapchat, before uh, the, the nightly news, before TV, before, before all of that stuff gathering together every night around the fire or around the fireplace talking and people shared stories and they learned about God's history and they taught their children the scriptures. That's what they did. That's how they wind up knowing this stuff. That's why they love it because they were, they were drinking from the well, from the, from the, the fountainhead of wisdom and truth, God's word and learning and teaching and singing together around campfires and fireplaces and candles. And that's what you and I have been doing at the American Campfire Revival, if, if we really think about it. We've been gathering around a fire. We're gathering around and we're, and we're learning stories of God's history, of his mighty deeds. We're, we're sharing the scriptures with one another. And uh, we're doing that with our families and we're doing it with our friends. This is fantastic. Dr. Foster says, perhaps the number one priority that we should have after getting right with the Lord ourselves is the recapturing of the hearts and minds of our children from capturing them from what? Recovering them from what? From the perverted teachings of government schools. Oh, did I say that? I, I, I did. Public schools have become government education camps. Now, let me ask you, does that mean that... Uh, that you can't be a believer or your kids are not going to grow up with faith? No, but it's going to be a lot harder. I remember a pastor once saying, if you send your children to Caesar to be educated, don't be surprised if they come back Romans. Listen to that again. If you send your children to Caesar to be educated, that's the government, don't be surprised if they come back Romans. It's a discipleship program. That's what it is. And so it makes it much, much more difficult. Hey guys, it's Kirk here. Did you know that another option to traditional insurance even exists out there? I get that it may come as a surprise since we're so conditioned to think traditional insurance is our only option, but that's simply not true. My family has been using Christian healthcare ministries over the last several years, and I cannot recommend them enough to other like-minded believers looking to do things differently than what we've been told to do. CHM is the faith-based alternative to insurance. And most importantly, with CHM, we know that our money is going to help other fellow Christians when they're in need. And this is how we like to steward our dollars when it comes to healthcare. 
Are you tired of your healthcare the same old way and want to do things the better way? I highly recommend you start by checking out CHM and see if this is an option that could work for your family's healthcare. It does for ours. It's not harder, but it's different in the best way. Learn more today by visiting chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Again, that's chministries.org forward slash Kirk Cameron. Listen to this. The Scottish people were very big on education. The believers in the family of faith were, were very keyed in to the importance of dis- discipling their children. And they, some of them there signed the National Covenant of Scotland about 400 years ago. We're talking about the American Covenant. They had the, the National Covenant of Scotland and all the faithful believers in Scotland signed it. Many of them used their own blood as ink. They were serious as a heart attack about telling the king and the king's army that there was no way that they would ever again allow their children to be forced into the king's schools that were teaching them to hate God or to twist the truth about who God is and about what his word says. They said, no, we won't allow it. And for signing this document of educational freedom from government educations, tens of thousands of Scots were hunted down and killed or exiled from the kingdom, from the country. And Dr. Foster says this, and I agree. We right now are at that same educational turning point in our country. If we do not recapture the minds and the hearts of our children and turn them back to this glorious faith, to the foundations that gave us our liberties, liberty from internal power of sin and external power of tyrants, we will lose it. It's now or never. I don't think that's overstating it. It's now or never to save our children's minds and souls from progressive education and its death grip on the minds of 66 million students that they control. Now, I know that there are good people We have brothers and sisters in the family of faith who are in public schools doing the very best they can. That's their mission field to try to bring truth into these places and shine light in dark places. And God bless you for doing that. My dad's a teacher. My grandparents are teachers. But again, there is such such an overwhelming tsunami of anti-everything you and I love and cherish being taught to our children where good is being called evil and evil is being called good. Morality is being turned upside down and they're being taught to to hate the very country that has given us freedoms to be able to elect our leaders and and create our own laws and to be self-governing and to educate our children in the way that we want to with our values. That's being taught. They're, They're indoctrination camps. They're discipleship camps. And right now we still have the constitutional freedom It's still on the laws. It's still legal for us to pull our children out and place our children in schools that teach them what you and I love and believe. Into homeschools. If you've never really looked deeply into homeschooling, my wife and I thought it was crazy until we realized that we only had a certain amount of time 
to be able to teach our children and spend developing relationships with them before they were out of the house. And there's an unbelievably wonderful, freeing, liberating movement of homeschool families all throughout the United States and around the world that I believe is one of the great hopes for revival in our nation. And we can still do that. We can train our children up in the way that they should go so that they will not depart from it. That's a promise from God. We must train up our kids in the way that they should go. Dr. Foster concludes by saying that the covenant, the covenant that we've been talking about is the foundation of all the spheres of the battle. If we're going to battle for education for our kids, if we're going to battle for the morality and virtue of our children, if we're going to battle out the laws through politics, if we're going to battle for, for our rights and our freedoms, he says that the prep for winning the battle starts in the home around the fire. The preparation for winning the battle starts in the home around the fire. The self-governing home and family must win the battle. And it begins in your heart. It begins in my heart. And the changing of the way that we think and getting back to this beautiful, biblical faith of our forefathers. Will you pray with me? Dear God, you gave us a brain. You created our mind. And Lord, it's, it's, we know that it's meant to be used not to deny you and to replace you, but to comprehend the height and the depth and the width and the length and the breadth of your, your, your glorious power and your wisdom and your, the magnificence of your love and your kindness and your patience and your grace, for us to be able to comprehend that should send us into worship and praise and thankfulness. Lord, help us teach these things to our kids. Lord, we don't want to be dorky parents. We don't want to have awkward conversations. We don't want to be strict schoolmasters and 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 just turn them into religious rule keepers. We want them to be wild and free, creative and adventurous. We want them to be brave and compassionate. And these are things that we want them to learn. Help us to teach them and lead by example. Thank you, Lord, for for these moms and these dads who are sacrificing their lives to train their children. What a great joy to see our kids walk in truth. Help us to teach our grandchildren. Help us, Lord, to educate ourselves so that we don't get caught in the weeds and the the political fray and, and, and fall captive to all of the headlines in the news and just wind up bitter, bickering people separating ourselves from family and friends. But people of, of reconciliation and bringing heaven to earth. We thank you for this, Lord, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So thanks for joining me again tonight. Thank you for listening to the American Campfire Revival Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. If you'd like to learn more and join the movement, 
visit kirkcameron.com.